This is an espresso shot episode, that quick break Italians take at around two in the afternoon to recalibrate, get the lay of the land, take a breath, and then get back to work. An espresso shot episode is when I feel a need to get something out there immediately because it's on my mind and relates to current events. So here's what I've got. In episode six, I talked about Margaret Wise Brown's celebrated book, Good Night Moon, and how revolutionary, rebellious actually, it was at the time she wrote it, and how it challenged expected structure for children's literature in the 1940s and 1950s. I used it as an example of the negotiations going on in larger society all around us all the time, and how we can participate as individuals to make progress, change the paradigm. We don't all get a national stage, but everything is fractal, and we do get our own little corner of the world where we see things play out that imitate what we see on the big main stage. Our individual actions can matter to even a small group, and then it all adds up in the aggregate. It all matters, and we are all connected. So let's talk about another negotiation that has been evolving in society for many years now and that made big news just this week, the negotiation of civil discourse and social media. Elon Musk claims to be the protector of free speech who will privatize Twitter and ensure that hate speech and misinformation are uncensored in the interest of our precious and vaulted First Amendment and freedom of expression. Now, I'm an attorney after all, so let's clear something up real quick. The First Amendment isn't unregulated and unfettered. Rather, it's put through a two-step analysis. One, whether the state is interfering with speech, and if so, two, whether that state action is justified, according to three different levels of judicial scrutiny. But Musk and others want to remove any oversight in the interest of an open marketplace of ideas. The marketplace of ideas concept of freedom of expression has been around since 1859, and American philosopher John Stuart Mill It is based on the same theory of economics that superior products sell better than inferior products. Thus, spurious speech will be filtered out while the most worthy ideas rise to the top. It was Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes who, in a 1919 Supreme Court case, introduced the marketplace idea into judicial analysis, and since then, it has been repeated by the Supreme Court to oppose censorship and support freedom of thought and expression. It is a powerful idea. Suffice to say, technology and society have evolved since Mill and Justice Holmes so purely preached that the free competition of ideas is the best way to separate falsehood from fact. Is it still relevant? Was it ever a reliable theory? Now to be clear, again, the First Amendment doesn't apply to private actors and corporations. In recent years, fake news has become a pervading paradox to dismiss facts that are disliked over purient opinion, which then is tweeted and followed and elevated to a point of muting objective fact. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson teaches three categories of truths, objective truth, personal truth, and political truth. 
He warns against asserting a truth before making sure it's not just an opinion you desperately want to be true. But, Dr. Tyson, if the post by the boy crying wolf surpasses one million views, doesn't the wolf morph from fiction to fact? Certainly some false information is a product of misinformation posted by regular folks and spread through the blogosphere, but it's also a business model. Entrepreneurs seek to make money by contriving false information and garnering advertising. Even more disconcerting is the increasingly predominant paradigm of opinions equating to facts, with the art of dialectical discourse fading like a watermark on the Bill of Rights. Is civil society being taken seriously? And how can you, the everyday negotiator, have an impact? We have lots of laws in the United States with very little protection of user data and very high protection of companies' intellectual property and their trove of data. Some companies believe in a trade of content moderation to appease the public if they can avoid the advent of more stringent legal controls. On the one hand, we have free speech regulationists who remind companies that the First Amendment doesn't apply to them and that they have some responsibility for upholding decency and accuracy. Then we have the free speech protectionists who don't believe in speech regulation at all. They believe in market freedom. If private companies adopted policies more in line with First Amendment regulation, as Twitter did before Elon Musk bought it, we would have more civility online. So what do you think? Has our marketplace of ideas crashed with free speech running amok? Could it simply not withstand the relentless demagoguery of social media, which Mill and Justice Holmes could never have imagined? Founding Father James Madison believed that the First Amendment was the triumph of reason and humanity over error and oppression. But he also never watched a president's tweet that global warming was a lie created by and for the Chinese in order to make United States manufacturing non-competitive go viral. Whether our marketplace can be salvaged is a question that you can help answer and shape. Do you quit Twitter if you are a current participant out of protest? Do you remain to be a voice of civility so that hate doesn't prevail? If you have resisted Twitter, do you now join to boost decency and help prevent more vitriol and misinformation? The decision is yours, and all the tweets, or absence of them, add up. Thanks for listening or even partially listening while you multitask, you never know what might stick with you. Keep your ear out for this space because we sure do appreciate your company. I'm Lucia Cantor St. Amour of Pactum Factum, which is Latin for a done deal. You can find me here on Substack and on pactumfactum.com.